0: Of Jesus and what he has done on the cross. In all to, this, I know a lot of people preach Christianese, Christian churchy type gospel. But there's a sad thing that the body of Christ has not truly preached the true gospel. This is why our young people are caught up in the nonsense like black Hebrew Israelites. And <clears throat> caught up in going back to Israel and trying to be Jews. And we don't understand the riches of his inheritance in the saints. We don't understand that we're seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Seated with him. New creation reality is called Pauline revelation. That means the apostle Paul revealed these things to us. The apostle Paul was the last of the apostles. He took the place of Judas. They tried to put another man in named Matthias as an apostle to take his place. But God picked Paul to be the replacement of the 12th apostle. After Judas betrayed Jesus, Paul said, I was one born out of due season. He said, immediately I conferred, not with flesh and blood. But Jesus himself came and spoke to me and talked to me. He said, the time came that it was sent to me, revelation. He said, I went up to Jerusalem by revelation. What it means to go up by revelation, it means that God is working on both ends. It's not just you trying to push something, but God is causing revelation on both ends because they thought he was a murderer and a killer. But Barnabas, the son of consolation, went before him and told them, no, he's converted and he's a true man of God. He said, it was revealed to me that even though I had received from Jesus personally, I had to go up and present myself to the other apostles and get the right hand of fellowship because we don't do anything independently of each other. And he went up by revelation and they also received revelation that they should receive him. And he sat there and he said, I spoke to them and told them the gospel that Jesus had appeared to me and given to me. He said, I came behind them in nothing. He said, there was nothing that they could add to me. Even though they had walked with Jesus for three and a half years, Jesus had already took me to the same level that they were on in a matter of time. He said, and they saw That the anointing, that this grace was given to me. He said they recognized it and they gave me the right hand of fellowship. They gave me permission to go throughout all the churches and to preach. You see, a lot of people are trying to go out without any permission. Even though the great and mighty apostle Paul got a revelation from Jesus Himself, he still had to go and be recognized by the local church anointing. The ethical church authority. There's no way. Now see, now if you're dealing with some folk who ain't led from God, you're going to have some problems. If you're dealing with some preachers and pastors who don't have the Holy Ghost, you may have some problems. But when the Holy Ghost meets the Holy Ghost, when the anointing meets the anointing, they recognize each other. The players in the street say, game recognize game. See, people recognize other people that are anointed. And if they have the anointing, they shouldn't try to hinder you in the anointing. And the Apostle Paul said, God revealed this thing to me that's called the gospel of reconciliation. That God was inside of Christ. Reconciling the whole world unto himself. Reconcile means if you and I fall out and we get back together like old times, we got reconciled. What happened in the Garden of Eden when mankind had fallen out with God, Jesus came to bring us back into connection with God. He dropped the charges against everybody. Everybody. drop dropped the charges against everybody. Everybody. But, to him that believeth. You got some people to teach now that it don't matter whether you believe it or not, he saved you. But the Bible says the grace of God has appeared to all men, especially to those who believe. Amen. Because nobody is going to go to hell for smoking, drinking, cursing, lying. You're not going to go to hell for sin. Because Jesus has destroyed sin. We don't have a sin problem. We have a sinner problem. We have people who are still being born with the Adam nature. Still being born with sin consciousness and a sinful nature unredeemed. They haven't became a new creature. And so they have a nature. By nature, they are in rebellion against God. You can be the nicest person in the world, but your spirit has not been born again or recreated in Christ Jesus. You're going to be lost. I'm sorry, Gandhi. Your good works are not going to get you in heaven. Because if God is going to save people because of good works, you know, a whole lot of us ain't going to make it. I was in the mall one day talking to a young lady, and she saw me, and she said, well, tell me one thing. Gandhi was a good man. I said, he sure was a good man. I couldn't do what Gandhi did. I couldn't starve that long for stuff like that. I'm one of them by any means necessary people. I'd have been fighting, (laughs) got shot, and the movement would have ended right there. But Gandhi was nonviolent. Well, what about him? Did you think he went to heaven or went to hell? What did did he do? I said, well, I'm not God. I don't have a heaven or a hell to put anybody in. That's first. But I do know that you must be born again. And I told her, I said, I know I'm a nice person, but I'm not as good as Gandhi. I said, Are you? She said, Oh heavens no. I'm not, oh no, I'm not. Oh, I'm no, I'm nowhere near Gandhi. I said, You're nowhere near Gandhi and I'm nowhere near Gandhi. We're in bad shape. She said, Well, I guess we are. I said, So if God lets Gandhi go to heaven because he's good, then that means me and you ain't got a chance to make it. She said, I never thought about it that way. I said, Aren't you glad there's Jesus? And because of Jesus, it don't matter how good or how bad, it's all because of Jesus. It's because of His blood and because of His sacrifice. He took my place and now I'm taking His place. I said, that's called the gospel of Jesus. That's why it's called good news. Don't have to be broke no more. Don't have to be sick no more. See, that's the good news. But before we can continue to delve into the power of the new creation, can I have your attention just for about 25 minutes? All right. John, who is Jesus? We talked about the new creation lies in these facts. Who is Jesus? What did he come to do? What did he accomplish? And what did he do for us? And then, who are we in him? And what is he doing now? This is Pauling without the apostle Paul and the writer of Hebrews we would never know that Jesus is now a great high priest that he is in the heavens operating and officiating the office of what is called Melchizedek priesthood the levitical priesthood ended they took Jesus to trial they took an innocent man and tried him for a crime that he was innocent of and see he didn't open his mouth because he knew his miranda rights He had the right to remain silent. That anything he said could and would be used against him in a court of law. So he ordered not a word. He didn't let them know that he was innocent. Because it was the plan of God that they would trump up charges and falsely accuse him and then kill the prince of life illegally. And see, God wanted Jesus to be killed illegally. Because when when they would kill Jesus illegally then they would also lose the power of justice over mankind. Because once they kill it, see, everybody in the world is born with sin. And we deserve to die. We're born getting old. You're dying whether you like it or not. You come out the womb getting old. The old gray mare ain't what it used to be. I know you think you're cute, but you're getting older. You still got it. But the question is, what is it that you still got? You're born and coming out the womb, dying, getting older, progressing toward death. Are you listening? That's the curse that came upon us because of Adam's breaking from the tree of life that was in the Garden of Eden. And Jesus comes not just for the sins of the world. You know there's billions and trillions of sins. But sin is the root. It's not the root. It's the fruit of, of, of the sin nature. He came to fix the cause, not the symptom. The cause was the original sin in Adam when he sinned against God and rebelled against God. The curse entered into his very DNA and was sent through his bloodline. And everyone born from him was born dying. So we were already came out the womb condemned to death. So it didn't matter that when the devil became the landlord. When Adam lost his authority to God, to, to, lost his authority to the devil. Adam was the God of this world. He talked to the trees and the trees would give him fruit. He talked to the water. He talked to everything that could hear his voice. He spoke to the animals and they walked up to him. He walked to the side of the ocean and said, come up. And the animals from the deep would come up. Y'all are going to help me up in here. And he named them by name. He was a genius by name. He named everything. He was the head of God's creation. And through his DNA, he was connected. That's why everything on this planet has a similar DNA, genetic chain. This planet has the DNA of Adam, the seed that God planted in the earth. That's why he has genetic control over everything. Everything was voice activated. See, man is trying to catch up with God. He just spoke to stuff and it obeyed him. He talked to everything. He said, I'm ready for some watermelon. And the watermelon will start producing... There was no need for rain because water would come down as a canopy like a cloud over the earth. And water, it was all one big giant piece of land before the flood of Noah broke it up into the continents that we have today. And right in the midst of that big piece of land was the Garden of Eden that God had planted for man. And everything God did was good. God's original intention toward man was good. He made this and called it good. This is God's original intention that it be called good but when the curse of sin came upon Adam and Adam being the head of all creation on this planet the curse flowed from him down and everything under Adam connected to Adam was cursed so Jesus had to come the second man Adam spliced from a different genetic genome and he was injected into the human family he came in born of a virgin He had no earthly father. No blood came from a man or a daddy. Maury Povich could not prove who his daddy was. And he's born with no curse. He's not going to get old. If he'd have been alive today, he'd still be young. You ain't going to help me up in here. The only way Jesus was going to die is somebody had to kill him. He said, No man take my life, but I lay it down. He was born without a curse. They would try to kill him and they couldn't because the law. Of the universe wouldn't allow them to kill somebody who was innocent. Because see everybody that was born of the sin was condemned to death. And the devil came to kill, steal, and destroy. He had a legal right to kill the tenants on his property. The ones who had lost their authority to him. And God couldn't stand by and let a villain like the devil rule over his creation. He came up with a plan. And in the Garden of Eden, he told that woman, he said, The seed of the woman, Adam, you have messed up your seed. But it's going to be through the seed of a woman that I'm going to bruise the serpent's head. He prophesied about Jesus coming. Oh, and in the, am I boring you yet? And in the fullness of time. Uh, we talked about it last week, in the beginning was the Word. In the beginning was the Logos. That word, word is Logos. That means the original concept or the original design. In the beginning was the Logos. And the Logos was with God. And the Logos was God. We see in Hebrews where he says, And the low, the first begotten, comes into the world. And he looks to the Father and says, A body you have prepared for me. You singled out Abraham and his family. And you sanctified them unto yourself. And you prepared a body for me. Through that bloodline, y'all ain't gonna help me every day. And so, in the fullness of time, here comes Jesus, born of a woman, born without sin, the government upon his shoulders. Oh, he walks into that town at the age of 30 and begins to announce the Spirit of the Lord is upon we know he was educated because 90% of the population couldn't read or write they were very unlearned and unintelligent but Jesus had money given to him by three kings and his mama and daddy they paid for his education he wasn't just a rabbi he was a rabboni he stooped down on the ground and began to write y'all gonna help me in here he walked into the temple and took over the scrolls and began to read in the prophecy of Isaiah the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bind. I like the last part where he says to preach the acceptable year of jubilee, the year of recovery, the time of the release of the Lord. And they all looked at him like this guy must be out his mind. He's only 30 years old. We know he's not a messiah because he don't come from nothing. He comes from defunct royalty. They knew his mama was of the line of David. But what does that mean when you've been conquered? Your daddy can be a king, but that don't mean nothing if your conqueror has been conquered and you in the jail with everybody else. They knew who his mother was. They knew where his bloodline came from. But he was the oldest in the family. And he stood out from everybody. And suddenly he went into the wilderness from this place and he was tempted of the enemy. Yeah. Yeah. He came and he read and he opened up and his fame went out abroad. And all of a sudden he began to preach with signs and wonders. Being the only man that was ever set free. Who is Jesus? He is God. Very God. He is the Word of God. In the beginning was the Word. That Word is the light that lights every man that comes in the world. If you're alive today, you owe it to Jesus because He lit your flame as you came out of your mother's womb. I can't get no it. Isn't here. Every man, He said, He was in the world, and the world didn't even know who He was. He came unto His own relatives, and they did not receive Him. But then John said, But we that have received Him, He gave us power to become the sons of God. And we beheld His glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of of grace and truth, he said, and of his fullness, she takahashi. Of his fullness, we have received grace for grace, overflowing grace. Ah, is this sound like the church that you go up here? That barely get along, stuff that teaching people that you barely go make it in. I'm not going to barely be saved. Ah, I've been seated in Christ. I am the righteousness of God. I am Him. He is me. He's in me, and I am in Him. No man can pluck me out of His hand. And of His fullness. Look at somebody say, of His fullness. We have received abundant blessing over and over. Jesus is that living light projected from the Father. He is the heart of the Father revealed. He is the first begotten. The first revelation that was ever come out of the Father was Jesus. Even the angels had to step back when he opened up his chest and the Logos came out. Come on somebody. They didn't know who he was. And since they were talking to him they said they came back casting out devils and they were excited about casting out devils. And Jesus said don't be excited that you can cast out devils. I was in heaven when the ministry of demons casting out demons first began when we cast out the first devil I beheld Satan fall from heaven at the speed of light I saw him hit the earth and leave a crater I saw him destroy everything in his pathway but rather rejoice that though he has been kicked out he was the leader of worship he was the head worshipper in heaven he was the priest of ministry before God but he got kicked out he said don't rejoice that you got power to cast out Rather rejoice that you got power to have access. Your name is written in heaven. You got friends in high places. You now have taken the devil's place and you are the worshiper and the priest unto God. Yes. Woo. Hallelujah. Look at somebody say, it's your job is to be a priest. It's your job to minister to the Lord. Oh, i got to hurry up, Lord Jesus. He came to break the curse that was in our blood with his blood. To redeem us and give us a legal right to have right standing before God. Man didn't have access to the throne. Adam wasn't going to the throne. God came down. To talk to Him in the cool of the day. I know you want to go back to Eden. But I'm not trying to go back to Eden. I want to go back further beyond Eden. Ah, when Jesus said in John chapter 17. He says, share with them the glory. That you and I shared together. Before the world was ever in existence. I want to go back to that glory. <laughs> You'll get it next week. And as Jesus is preaching and demonstrating His power... His utter flawless victory over all the powers of darkness. Everywhere he goes, he's dominating every demonic power, casting out devils, healing the sick, putting through his supernatural genes. He is recloning body parts at the flash of an eye, putting on legs and arms and popping eyeballs. Nobody else did healing but Jesus because only his DNA had the power to restore that was lost in the human body. I can't get no help up in here. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, but in the Greek it says he gave his only monogene he gave his super gene that whoever would believe on him would be regened, oh look at somebody and say I got regened I got reborn again that's what it means to be born again it means your whole spiritual DNA has been remapped over again it means his blood just washed over your genetic code and when it washed back over it was just like Jesus' blood as many as received him he gave them power to be come you don't like the way you are all you need to do is receive him and he'll give you the power to become the power to become the power to become something else like the son of god and as he is constantly dominating The power of darkness and constantly showing his victory over every foe, everybody, that every devil, every demon, they see him, they see the light that he walks in, they see he's the only person that shines. These demons would look out in the audience and see thousands of dark souls. But one soul would be lighting. One soul would be burning like an amber. And they would look and say, who is this? Why have you come to torment us before the time? Jesus said, men love darkness rather than light. But I am the light of the world. It is he that follows after me shall not walk in darkness. I can't get that I'm talking about Jesus now ah and the devils would run and they would scream and holler and he would say shut your mouth and come out of him loose them and let them go he finally showed dominance over every devil over every sickness went up into peter's house and her mama was his mama was sick with a fever he didn't even talk to the mama he talked to the fever oh talking about jesus he said loose her and he spoke to the fever see that's what's wrong with some of y'all y'all talking to the wrong thing you talk you talking to Jimmie? You talking to Tyrone? You talking to Lucy? You want to talk to the fever? Talk to the devil? Talk to the enemy? Talk to the cancer? Talk to the high blood pressure? Talk to it! He rebuked it and it left. And if that wasn't enough, he said, And now for my last act, my final act, he walked up to the tomb of his best friend who was dead. The disciples were his teachers, but Lazarus was his boy. He used to come in town and get away from all the fans and groupies and go to the house of Mary and Martha and Lazarus. There he would play chess and checkers. There he would chill and eat and they would serve him his favor. Every fool, well, while he was out on his journey, doing his crusades, he heard that his good friend had died. And he began to weep. He walked and got there. They said, Lord, we know if you had been here, you would have changed everything. And he said, wait a minute, stop talking. Wait a minute, you don't understand. I know you got power. He said, I am the resurrection and the life what you don't understand is well I know Lord one day you're going to raise up everybody and the resurrection is going to happen one day he said you don't understand that resurrection that you're talking about in the future that's me I'm that but I'm here right now I am the resurrection I got power to open the gates up when I want to my father has given me this authority and the Bible said he turned to Lazarus and said Lazarus come forth and the Bible said Lazarus came hopping out that tomb after being dead for four days he showed his power and his glory as he dominated even demon and sickness and now the death of other people and he said well if that ain't enough I'll show you my final act I'm going to allow myself to die and then on three days I'm going to get back up again but I want you to know this ain't suicide nobody takes my life but I lay it down down a ransom for many. <laughs> yes! Come on, give Jesus a big hand. But while he was there, John 6 and 26, 28, can I give some verses real quick? They said to him, what shall we do that we might work the works of God? They saw him doing all these miracles. And he said, and he answered them, the answer is the key to power. He said, this is the work of God. This is not your work. This is not my work. This is God's work, first of all. If you want to be a part of this work, you've got to get hired into this company. You just can't do this work apart from God. This is God's work. You've got to join in first, is what he told him. Well, how do we join? Believe on him whom he has sent. That don't sound like an answer. You read that and still went and bought three steps, three steps to power and five steps to the gifts of the Spirit. You still went and went on a three-day seminar in the prophetic school of channeling glory clouds and and You went to all kind of changes. trying to. But Jesus said, believe on him whom he has sent. This is the work of God. That's the answer. What do you mean? How is it the answer? Because what he's telling you is, I'm the only business that God has going is me. If you want to work the works of God, that you're going to have to get hooked up with me. You're going to have to believe on me as the Scripture has said. You're going to have to get past your doubt of who you think I am and believe me for the works sake. What he's saying is you've got to join me and let me do the work through you. What are you saying, preacher? As long as you think of yourself as a part of Je- apart from Jesus, trying to get to Jesus trying to get Jesus to come, trying to get Jesus to do something. You don't have it yet. Until you believe that he is in you and you are in him and he is in the Father and the Father is in him. Oh, I can't. Care. If my words ab- if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask what you will and it shall be done. See, the problem with most people is they haven't received the Word of God enough in them to transform the inside of them, to match the Son of God so that they can work with Jesus together with Him. And Jesus said in John 5, 17, And Jesus answered, My Father worked hitherto, and I worked. What He says is, My Father worked in the Old Testament. But now I'm working now. This is I'm on the second shift. Come on, somebody, I'm in here on the second shift working. This is what he says. They said, "Well, how do you keep working all these miracles?" He said in St. John 5:18, and the Jews sought to kill him because he not only had broken the Sabbath, but he said that God was his Father, making himself equal with God. And then Jesus said in 5:19, "Verily, verily, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself. I'm not doing stuff independently." I'm not just out here with a cape on, flying around like Superman, doing whatever I want. I'm only doing what he tells me to do. I'm so connected to the Father that when he moves, I move. When he speaks, I speak. I'm so connected to him. There's no difference between me and him because where he ends, I begin. And where I start, come on, come on, y'all ain't getting get. Keep reading. He says, he can do nothing of it but what he sees the Father do. For whatsoever things he do, the Son does likewise. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all things that himself doeth. And he will show him greater works than these that it can blow your mind. He says that the key to power is my connection. I'm not just out here going to pray for everybody. I'm praying for who he tells me to pray for. I'm not just doing whatever I feel like doing because I'm a superman. I'm full of the Holy Ghost. And when the Holy Ghost tells me to go, I go. When He rolls in my belly at night, that's when I get up. When He stops me and speaks to me, that's when I go. I'm not just doing things apart from Him. I'm doing things with Him. This is the key to power. Is to do what you see Him to. And all the gifts of the Spirit operate through seeing and knowing. Everybody say seeing and knowing. He's going to show it to you and you're going to know it. He'll let you see it, even a glimpse of it, you'll see it, and then you know sometimes it happens so fast you're eating chicken, you can't even realize it just happened. You just you you watching television and he flashes it right by you. But because you're not sensitive, because you're more tuned into the world and not tuned into the spirit, you're missing what he's telling you to do. Somebody could be alive right now if somebody had a lunch and somebody had a heard what he said and did what he told them to do. But we're sitting around caught up in the world. He said, What can we do that we can do your work? I'm gonna tell you what, believe on him whom he has sent. Keep your eyes on me, keep your eyes on the father and whatever he show you that's what you do we don't operate independently from i've been up and i've seen people get healed one two three and then two people just can't get healed no matter who pray for them i'm not the healer jesus is god heals when people are ready and i've seen people come night after night and finally they realize they're full of unforgiveness and pride and they think God just going to heal them, and they get broke down by the week is over, crying. They come down, sobbing, and broken on the floor. I'm like, uh-oh, about to get a miracle now. you got to get a miracle now because you came here with all this pride. I'm going to see what God's going to do. I don't know. And, I mean, and, and nothing happened. It's just, just nothing. You fell on the floor and got back up, nothing happened to you. But then they kept coming, and they kept realizing folk getting healed, humble people around, broken people around getting healed. Why are they getting healed? and I'm not getting healed. The devil said, because he don't like you. He don't like me. Well, he don't like me. Well, I do you like me. And God's like, well, since you're asking, that ugly hard heart you got, that bitter heart, that bitter spirit you got, that unforgiveness that you think you're so smart. You think, I'm, I, if I heal you while you like that, you'll stay like that. I can't get no witnesses. in Didn't he tell them in the Garden of Eden? He said, okay, you didn't eat the tree. You can't eat the tree no more. Because if you eat the tree in this state, you'll be locked in that state forever. I can't get no help in here. See, sometimes you got to humble yourself and get broken and break your spirit before God, before you can receive what Jesus has to offer. God is not impressed with your attitude. He is not impressed with your altitude. He is not impressed with your ideas of who you are. All roads lead to Jesus. Everybody got to bow when they come to Jesus. Everybody has to humble this. Get out your flesh and fall down upon your face and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. You worried about whether you have faith? I'm worried about are you humble enough to humble yourself before God. Nothing moves God like brokenness, and He's near. To those who have a broken heart. He'll pass over five hundred people and find the one whose heart is broken and contrite. Something about a broken heart. You know why? Because it's empty and he's looking for empty places to fill. See, when you got other stuff in there, he can't fill it because it's full of a bunch of junk. Look at somebody and say he'll fill every empty place of his fullness. We have received. Huh? St. John eight twenty-eight, And Jesus said, I'm almost done. And Jesus said to them, When ye have lifted up the Son of Man, then you shall know that I am He, and that I do nothing of myself. But as my Father hath taught me, I speak the things that He told. Then he says in John chapter 14 and 10, Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? How do you be in something and something be in you? See, when he says get baptized in the Holy Ghost, you know, when you get sprinkled with water, that ain't baptism. Baptism means submerge. See, people get Jesus and they they get the Spirit. They get filled with Christ. But when you get baptized, you ever put that bottle, that cup in water, you take it and you put it in the water, it gets filled in. It gets in the water and the water gets in it. Jesus is saying, I'm baptized in the Father. I'm in the Father and the Father is in me the words that I speak unto you are not of myself but the Father that dwelleth in me and he doeth the works. He does the work. The relationship of the Father with the Logos and with the Holy Ghost. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. These are terms that men have given them that God has revealed himself. But when there was nobody else but God, there was no need for the word Father and Son and Holy Ghost because there was no one else there to relate to but he himself. And the Father loved the Son and the Son loved loved the Father. They were the perfect connection together. One poured into the other, and the other poured into the other. And like a cycle, they poured into each other. They loved and glorified each other. There was no separation from them. This is how the Godhead existed by itself. Are you hearing me? Then Jesus tells them, in John fifteen five, yes, I am the vine, you are the branches, those who remain in me, and I am the them produce much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. Your power with God depends on your understanding of your connection with God. In the Garden of Eden they rebelled. It wasn't because they ate a piece of fruit. It was the commandment that was attached to it. The fruit wasn't poison. It was good for food. It was pretty to look at and desired to make one wise. But God said no. And there's a reason why. When he adds a no, there's a curse attached to disobedience. When they broke it, the curse entered in. And they became conscious of good and evil and saw that they were naked. And he said, you got to go. There's a tree of life over there that you've been eating from that you can't eat from no more. Not until you get redeemed. Not until your nature gets changed. Because if I let... He said it, go back in Genesis. If I let you eat of the tree of life in this fallen condition, you will stay fallen forever. The life of God will give life to your fall. That's kind of how people get saved and still keep sinning even though they're saved. And after a while, they can't stop it because their hearts get hardened. And they're supposed to be saved, have experienced Christ, eaten from the tree of life, and in, and in disobedience with God. Ooh. But God says you can't do it. See, I don't know if you know it or not, but Jesus was the tree of life. You don't know that the Word became tree. (laughs) You don't understand that in the garden, He was standing there. They were eating off of Jesus, is what they were doing. But when they fell, they could no longer eat for Jesus. And Jesus, or the Logos, had to come and bring redemption so that now you can eat of the tree of life freely. That's why he said, "This is my flesh; it's bread for you. This is my blood." That's what communion is all about: is eating Jesus, being consuming Christ, becoming one with Him, getting in Him, and getting Him in you. And the Bible says, "I'm gonna close because I can't teach all this stuff today." In John chapter 17, I'm gonna close with John 17. John chapter 17 is the new creation reality verses in the, in, the, in the Old Testament. Because before Jesus died, as long as he was alive, it was still the Old Testament. It was not the New Testament until he had died upon the cross and the veil of the temple had been rent. And the presence of God moved out and the earth quaked and the saints got up. And he went to heaven and sent his blood as a sacrifice before the throne room and came back down. The New Testament began when the blood entered the throne room. As a witness that man had been redeemed. And before this though now... He says in John 17, 1, these words spake Jesus as he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify thy son that thy son may also glorify thee. Pour into me that I may pour back into you. You will see, he's now talking about his relationship that he had with the father before the world was. For thou hast given him power over all flesh that he should give eternal life as to many as thou hast given him. This is eternal life. That they might know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. The key to power is eternal life. The key to power is knowing your identity. Knowing who you are in Him. But you can't know who you are in Him until you know who Him is. You've got to understand what He is. Who is God manifested in the flesh? He is the Word made flesh. He is the engineer and the creator of everything that was ever made. He is God in the flesh. He is your God and my God. He's God of the Old Testament. He's the same God that brought the children of Israel up out of Egypt. Jude said, and Jesus brought the children of Israel up out of the land of Egypt. Read it. That's who He is. But what he came to do was to break the curse and to give us right standing with God, to make it possible that we can come before God and stand as if we ever had no sin and to come to him and get help in the time of need. That's what He came to give us, righteousness. A legal, verified standing with God that we are accepted by Him. Not upon our works, but upon what He did. I know I'm not perfect, but He is. I'm leaning... Oh, Jesus, the everlasting, oh, I can't get no help in here. See, my fa- see it's my faith in Jesus and knowing my connection with Him, that He is in the Father, and the Father is in Him, and I in him, him, and He is in me. And if His words abide in me, I got legal right to go write a check from the bank of the commonwealth of heaven and receive my needs met. You can't go into a bank and they ask you who you are. You stumbling around pulling out different ID cards and trying to figure out who you are. And I need to borrow some money. I know it's some money in this account, uh, but I don't know what the account number is. And, but I just know it's some money up in here, uh, and, and I know it's an account somewhere. Well, who are you? You have a proper ID. I got a YMCA card. That's not enough. Well, I got a uh, I got a card from Kroger. Your Kroger card won't work. Do you have any? Verify. Do you have any legally verified identification from the government that proves who you say you are? Oh, well, I got, uh, uh, let me see what I got. See, until you come up with a proper identity, you can't make a withdrawal. Oh, but when you know who you are, you don't walk in wondering, stumbling, trying to figure it out. You go to that window and say, listen, give me my money. Here's my card. Let me write this out. This is the number. It's in that account. And this is my name. This is my ID. And this is my credit card through the bank. I want my money now. I'm making a withdrawal. Oh, but the only difference is this ain't your money. This is His money. And my God shall supply all of your needs according to His riches and glory. Don't you understand that when you got born again you got the name of Jesus. You have the identity of any man born. Be in Christ. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Don't you know when you come to the throne room, they don't see you. They see Jesus walking into the throne room. Don't you know that you're hidden in Christ? And you have a right to withdraw from his bank account. Because His bank is now your bank. And of His fullness have you received. And of His fullness have you received one blessing after another. (laughs) And I don't know about that. That's why it don't work for you. But I don't know if that's true. That's why it don't work for you. Well, I don't know. That's why. Until you know. Well, how am I supposed to know? Read it. Read it again read it again. Put a tape play on and Play it while you're sleeping. Get it through your thick skull. Get it through your fat face and fat hands. Get it through you. Get it down in you. His Word abiding in you so you'll know how to pray and you'll stop stumbling and bumbling around in prayer. Oh, I'm God. Father God. Oh, I'm Father God. Help me, Father God. I'm asking you, Father God. Father God, listen here. Come in to God like you're a child of God. Take the Word of God and say, Father, I know you hear me when I I, pray. I know who I am in the mighty name. Do you understand that when you go to the throne room and you say in the name of Jesus, rows of angels fall and bow all across the throne room. There's a name that has power. Touch somebody and say, There is a power. Yes. Yeah. Go ahead and give him some praise. Go ahead and shout hallelujah. Go ahead as the revelation hits your belly. Just shout hallelujah. That's right. Start thinking of all the mountains. You're getting ready to start talking to. Start thinking. Verse number five. And now O father. Glorify thou me with thine own self with the glory which I had with you before the world would. that's better than Eden I have manifested your authority that's what it means to say name unto the men which you gave to me out of the world thine they were and you gave them to me and they have kept your word verse number 9 I pray for them I pray not for the world jesus ain't praying for the world he's already done everything he gonna do for the world he laid the foundation and opened up the way what more could he do he's already done everything he buried he carried my sins far away rose and he justified freed me forever he's already done he ain't praying for the world He's praying for the church. He's at the right hand making intercession for the saints of God. He's speaking the blessing over your life. The problem is, is you're not saying what He's saying. You've got to speak what He's speaking. <laughs> you just can't do it one time. You've got to do it all the time. Because you can't live by bread alone, but every word that continuously comes. <laughs> A few more scriptures, I'm let you go. Now, theologians, many of them agree, and I do too, that when Jesus is saying what he says in John 17, that he's on the Mount of Transfiguration. This is the message that he gave the disciples when he went up to the mountain with James and John and Peter, and suddenly he was bright as light. Suddenly, Elijah and Moses appeared, stepped out of a space-time continuum, stepped out of quantum glory, and stepped into the space-time continuum. And they had come on, and they began to talk to Jesus, and He talked to them about what's getting ready to come up on the earth. And then the Bible said a cloud came over and said, "This is my Son, in whom I am well pleased." The word transfigure means what is on the inside flipped on the outside. What He had been hiding on all this time. In the presence of His Father, He flipped the inside, flipped on the outside. Don't you know that the day that you see His face, that's why the Bible says we shall see Him as He is and we shall be like Him. When you come in contact with God, He turns you to look just like Him. If He's in you, what's in you is going to reverse and come on the outside. says that after he talked to Moses and Elijah he lifted up his eyes and began to pray and look what he says verse number 11 now I am no more in the world but these are in the world and I come to thee holy father keep through thine own name those who you've given me that they may be one as we are He's talking about ascension glory. He's talking about after the cross. After the resurrection. He's talking about his ascension. What in the world is wrong with Jesus? He ain't been to trial. He ain't been killed. He ain't been buried. He ain't been resurrected. He ain't got up yet. And He's talking about I'm no longer in the world. Because when he stepped into the glory realm, he was no longer in the world. He was talking in his position in glory and said, I'm already past it. Moses and that you you know, they're gonna kill you and trump up charges, and they're gonna kill you unjustly. I know, but I'm already past it. I'm already out of the world, I'm already beyond it. I can't get no help in here. I'm already past the trial. Although I haven't yet physically gone through it, my spirit has already received the victory. Oh what are you saying, preacher? Although you can't stop the tests and the trials that you go through, you can't stop the storms that you go through. You can change the way you talk. You can change the way you see things. You can be like Jesus. I know hell is coming someday. I know troubles and trials are coming, but I'm already past it. I'm already on the other side. I'm on the other side of the tomb, and I'm looking backward at the finished work of the cross. I've already got the victory. I got news for you. You already got the victory. No matter what you're facing. No matter what you're going through. Thanks be unto God. I can't get no help in here. You're already out of this world. This is his out of this world revelation. And they sit there looking at his clothes and looking at him Jesus is talking as his gaze is looking to the unseen realm. He opens up the revelation of the new creation. Look what he says. Ah. So many have this false grace message. Hyper grace preachers. They love to talk about grace. And how grace lifts them from sin. How grace gives them forgiveness. and Almost like they can sin with no penalty now. Because of grace. But what they don't do is they don't use that same grace to ascend to where Jesus... How come nobody preaches about using that grace to walk as He walks? Nobody talks about using that grace as as He is. So are you. How come they don't talk about the grace that causes them to live free from sin, dominating over sin, dominating over devils? That same grace takes you up into the glory to be seated. But their focus is all about here. And they stay on the sin message. The Bible says in Hebrews, and I close, that every year they would take a sacrifice to Jerusalem. That they would put a sacrifice down to cover their sin. And then the writer of Hebrews says it didn't remove their sin. All it did was gave them a consciousness that God had covered it and they walked out feeling better about themselves because they obeyed God and God said if you do this I'll, I'll cover your sin but the Bible says no sin was removed and they still had a sin consciousness because they kept on sinning constantly he said but Jesus who is the forerunner running ahead of us entering into the presence of God before us he broke the mold Ah, y'all don't hear me in here I like what the Aramaic, Aramaic Bible says. It says when Jesus was upon the cross. I know King James Bible say He said it is finished and dropped his head. But in the Aramaic he don't say it is finished. Oh, when he cries out in Aramaic, in the Aramaic text. He says accounts balanced. Y'all ain't helping me in here. You see accounts balanced was the victory cry. That when men in marathons. And their chests would break the rope. They say accounts balanced. What do you mean by that, preacher? What they're saying is all the hell and suffering I had to get to, to get to this point. Now that I broke through, it's now a balance. Now all the accounts are settled. It was worth it all when Jesus dropped his head. He said, accounts balanced and dropped his head because he had paid the price. The accounts had been cleared. The debts had been wiped away. When he got up, he got up free. And he tells them before it ever happens. See, it's Difficult to unlearn sin consciousness. Being conscious. You know, what's sin consciousness? That unconscious knowledge that you have that you're not in right with God. You grow up with it. When you come to the age of accountability is when you start realizing that you're bad. You're a lie. You're a trick. You're a steal. It's about you. Until you run into somebody who's not like you, Jesus. And you start seeing everything you're not when you see Him. And then conviction comes. And you become more recognizing of how you don't have Him. And that's what godly sorrow is. That works repentance. And then you want to change so you can have Him. And you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. And then He comes inside of you. And He changes your nature. But we haven't had enough teaching on what it means to have your nature changed. We have enough teaching on trying not to go to hell. We have enough teaching on trying to get blessed and trying to make money and trying to be prosperous and trying to have this and you know, all the other stuff that we. But we don't have enough teaching on changing the way you think that you are one. That when you walk in the hospital room, Jesus walks in the hospital room. When you are on your job, Jesus is on your job. That where you go, He goes. Because you're in him and he's in you. This is the whole purpose of sin. And why the devil wants to bring you into it because it makes you conscious of sin and that breaks your consciousness of righteousness. And if he can keep you battling in your flesh the rest of your life, you'll never walk in union with the Holy Ghost. You'll have glimpses of victory, but you'll be always in and out of victory because your mind hasn't been renewed. Let this mind be in you. That thought it not robbery to be equal with God. What did they tell them? We're going to stone you because you said God is your father and that makes you equal with God. Did you catch that? Did you see how I turned that around and brought Did you see that? Did you see that? They took up stones because they knew what Jesus was saying. When he, said, I'm the son, when he said he was the son of God with power. They said because you make yourself equal with God. We know that's blasphemy. And he said which one of my miracles are you going to kill me for? They won't kill you for your miracle. They won't kill you because you blaspheme. He said well, I'm going to double down on it since you're calling me out. Before Abraham was, I am. Abraham stepped into the quantum field of faith and saw my day and rejoiced in my day. As my first f- and final closing. St. <laughs> John 17. Let these words resonate in your heart. 13 verse. And now I come to thee. These things I speak in the world that they might have joy fulfilled in themselves. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. You are not of the world. Well, I'm, I'm white. I'm black. I'm Latino. I'm so proud of who I am. You are no longer Of this world when you are in Christ. You are not of this world. As long as your ethnicity stands in front of who you are in Christ. You put that ahead of Jesus. You ain't walking in the kingdom. I'm sorry to tell you. Then he says in verse number 15. Sanctify them through your truth. Your word is truth. Do you know what he just did? He just opened up the way and said. The same relationship I got with Papa. I'm giving you the opportunity to have the same kind of relationship that I have with him. You can have it. That your joy may be full. <clears throat> and they sitting there like this. Just like those Union Gospel uh, pictures in, you know, in Sunday school. <laughs> Jesus is talking way over the head. They ain't going to get none of this until the Holy Ghost comes. They just sitting there like this. Okay. Well, when are we going to be the Israel again? Verse number 12, seventeen and verse number verse number twenty one. Here is the prayer of Jesus. You never heard Jesus pray for himself at all in the New Testament. He never He never asked anything for him. Even when he stood before Lazarus' tomb, he didn't pray. He just said, Father, I thank you that you hear me. Lazarus, he come forth. But the first time you're gonna hear Jesus pray, what his heart says. Here is his prayer that they all may be one. As you, Father, art in me and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you have sent me and the glory which you gave me I have given them, that they may be one even as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one and the world may know that you have sent me and you have loved them as you have loved me. Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am. Be with me where I am. Where are you, Jesus? That they may behold my glory which thou hast given me. For you have loved me before the foundation of the world. Do you understand? Does that hit you in your spirit? He is talking about the new creation and being seated in heavenly places before he even goes to trial. Something when he stepped up on that mountain, he stepped into a reality warping quantum field where time meant nothing. Moses came out of glory. Elijah came out of heaven and Moses came out of the, out of the grave and, and counseled with him. Are you listening? Hallelujah, Jesus. Stand to your feet. I'm done. Did you enjoy that message? Did your faith.